0: Hi, friends. It's Pastor Drew Wilkerson from Bridgewater Church. Hey, thanks for stopping by this podcast. It's our prayer that as you listen, God will speak to your heart and you will feel inspired and you'll learn new things that will help you in your daily walk with God and just in life in general. So again, thanks for stopping by and thanks for listening. Happy Easter, everyone. He is risen. Jesus is risen indeed. Isn't this exciting? I'm so glad you're joining us on this Easter Sunday. Perhaps you have been a part of Bridgewater Church for quite some time, but maybe this is your first time to connect with us. And what a great day to do that, Easter Sunday 2022. I'm so glad you're here. And we've been talking about doubts we're in a series called Without a Doubt. And today is the perfect time to dive back in because if there's ever an event, can I call it that? If there's ever an event in life that has caused more discussion about doubt and faith, uh, it's got to be the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Is Jesus the resurrected Savior? We've talked about is Jesus the King of Kings? We started with is God real? But now we're coming around to this question is Jesus really resurrected? Is Jesus alive? And is he our Savior? Regardless of where you land on that question right now, I want you to hear me when I say it is okay to have doubts. In fact, I've got to tell you a great story. Tony Welch decided to buy his wife a little gift. He was concerned about her safety, and so he bought her a 100,000-volt pocket or purse-sized taser. The effect of the taser was supposed to be short-lived, with no long-term effects on the assailant. It would give the person that used it time to run to safety. So he bought the little device and brought it home without telling his wife. She wasn't at the house when he loaded the two uh, AAA batteries into the unit and pressed the button. The problem was, nothing happened. And he got to thinking about it, and he sat down in his chair, and as he was reading through the directions, he thought, I really need to test this out on flesh and blood. About that time, the cat jumped up into his lap. Now, all you cat lovers, don't be concerned because Tony decided that Leo was probably not the right person or animal to try this on. And as he read the instructions, he didn't think it was that big a deal. In fact, he actually doubted whether this taser would work. Listen to this. A one second burst would shock and disorient the assailant. The directions said a two second burst would make the assailant flop to the ground like a fish out of water. And a three second burst would make someone lose all their bodily functions. Any burst longer than three seconds and it would just be a waste of the batteries. He's thinking to himself, It's only about five inches long. It fits inside a purse or a pocket. How can it deliver what the directions claim? He said, it's just, I doubt it. And so, he was sitting in a pair of shorts, and he decided to take the unit, press it to his bare thigh leg, right to the skin, and he pressed the button. In an instant, he realized, as he writes, this was a weapon of mass destruction. He said, although my thoughts were blurry, I'm not sure exactly what happened next, but I think the Hulk ran into our living room and body slammed me on the carpet over and over again. He said, when I finally came to my senses, I woke up in the fetal position. Tears were in my eyes and my body was soaking wet. My tongue was blazing hot. Somehow my left arm was tucked under my body in such a strange position and my legs had a burning sensation all over. He said, that's when I saw our cat Leo hanging to a picture above the fireplace obviously trying to get out of the way of all of my body slamming throughout the living room. He said, then I realized my reading glasses had been bent and somehow landed on the TV stand and my recliner was turned totally upside down, eight feet from where I had been sitting. And no wonder the cat ran for safety." He said, my face felt like it had been shot with Novocaine and my lips weighed, it felt like 88 pounds. (laughs) Tony writes, apparently I had pooped my pants and my sense of smell was gone, which was a good thing realizing what had just happened. I even thought I saw a faint cloud of smoke because my head was on fire And I was sure I had singed my hair. So in conclusion, Tony writes, here's what I learned about a pocket-sized taser. There is no such thing as a one-second burst when you zap yourself because your hand can't let go of a taser that has become lodged in your hand as you violently thrash the floor. He said, I learned something else though, too. Never doubt the power of a taser. It really works. Isn't that a great story? We all have doubts. You have doubts. And by the way, if you have a taser, don't try it on yourself. I want to dive in to the Gospel of John. And I'm going to look at four doubtful, I mean shocked full, of doubt passages that describe the death and the resurrection of Jesus and as we do I want you to think about this the word doubt means a feeling of uncertainty to hesitate to believe to feel uncertain about doing something to distrust perhaps you feel uncertain about God Perhaps you hesitate to believe that Jesus rose from the dead. Perhaps you feel uncertain about God on this Easter, but I'm so excited that God has led you to this moment. It is not a mistake. And I want to unpack these four scenes of doubt that will help us realize that Jesus really is the resurrected Savior. So let's get started. John 19, 28 through 30. Later, knowing that everything had now been finished and so that scripture would be fulfilled, Jesus said, I am thirsty. A jar of wine vinegar was there, so they soaked a sponge in it. But the sponge, put, they put the sponge on a stalk of the hyssop plant and lifted it to Jesus' lips. When he had received the drink, Jesus said, it is finished. With that, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. Here's the first scene. Doubt that is full of fear. This is really a difficult picture to decide to imagine. Jesus is dying on the cross. His hands are nailed on unbending spikes. And This crucifixion that began at noon, by now, three hours later, Jesus feels all the effects and the torture of being crucified. He can hardly breathe. All of the wounds from the flogging he had received were open. Insects were being attracted to him and because of the strain in his muscles, he began to sense and feel this thirst that comes when you're so close to death. And that's why he said, I'm thirsty. And when they put this wine vinegar to his lips, it it, it wasn't anything that would satisfy. And that's when John writes very simply, he says, he bowed his head and gave up his spirit. For God so loved the world, he gave. He gave us his son, and Jesus died sinless for our sins. This was an act of violence that was so horrific. In fact, even the Roman guards would come normally and break the legs of those that were hanging there so they couldn't push themselves up to gain another breath. The thieves' legs were broken, but Scripture was fulfilled. Not one bone was damaged in Jesus' body. Although a centurion, to make sure Jesus was dead, stabbed him in the side, and this white serum, this bloody white mixture that John calls water, came out. And the only reason is that it was a Good Friday was because the sinless Lamb of God had been sacrificed for us. The first scene John brings to mind is a doubt that is full of fear. That day that Jesus died on this cross, all of his disciples scattered. It was just one or two that were around to see what had happened. Their fears were were just completely racing with every minute that passed by. Why? Because this was Jesus, the Messiah. This was the Jesus that had come to set us free. This was the Jesus who said that he would be resurrected and come to life again as the Son of Man. And yet, here he was. He was totally human in this moment, and he was dead. I have a question for you. What do you fear the most right now? What really grips you and what do you fear the most? What looks hopeless to you, your future? Do you fear a struggle that you're going through with your health? Is it your age? Maybe you're scared because you're young or you're frightened because you're old. Every one of those moments can create doubt in our hearts and minds. But I'm reminded of Corey Ten Boom. I loved reading her story and this quote from This woman who had been a Christian imprisoned in a Nazi concentration camp truly helps us understand what it means to trust God, even in our doubts. She writes, If it's dark everywhere, you can become so discouraged. You might doubt whether light still exists. But even if you can't see the Lord, he sees you and me. Jesus said... And surely I am with you always to the very end of the age. When it's necessary, he suddenly says, I'm still here. Was Jesus really here? Doubt is always full of fear. But as the story goes on, the next scene, the next scene even is more unsettling. Look at John 19, 38 through 42. Taking Jesus' body, the two of them wrapped it with the spices and strips of linen. This was in accordance with Jewish burial customs. At the place where, Jewish, where Jesus was crucified, there was a garden, and in the garden a new tomb in which no one had ever been laid, because it was the Jewish day of preparation. And since the tomb was nearby, they laid Jesus there. Here's the next scene. Doubt that ends in death. I have to be honest with you and I I can tell you this as a pastor, I've been with several people that I have loved when they passed. And up until the moment that a person dies, there's this glimmer that maybe something will change. Maybe this person, especially if they're loved and cared for so much, Perhaps they won't die. But when someone is in the throes of death, doubt begins to increase. I want you to think about Jesus. Jesus was considered by the Jews a criminal. He had committed treason. He had said he was the Son of God. Pilate really didn't buy into it. He didn't want Jesus to be crucified, but he washed his hands of it and After Jesus' death, when Joseph of Arimathea and Nicodemus, two Pharisees, came to talk with Pilate, and I think as Scripture even indicates, there was probably a sense of secretness to it, Pilate relinquished the body to them. And I think that's when it hit them. When they picked Jesus up, dead weight, that's when the doubt began to to enter their minds, thinking, where's the miracle for him? In fact, do you remember that people had uh, taunted Jesus? They said, if you're the son of God, come down off the cross. What happened? He's dead. Was he really the son of God? Is this all part of God's plan? And it must have been difficult as they took that 75 pounds of myrrh, of, of spices, And and the two men began to prepare Jesus' body. Jews did not embalm. They didn't remove the organs or the blood. But they would prepare the body. And then this is where you see that they wrap Jesus in these strips of cloth putting a a band around his head, getting him ready to be laid in a tomb. In fact, it's a borrowed tomb. Scholars believe from Joseph of Arimathea himself. It's a stone. It's a cave-like place cut away where there would have been a bench and they would have uh, wrapped Jesus completely and put him on the bench. And then it was sealed with a stone that was ready to be put into place. And when that stone was put in place, and Joseph and Nicodemus walked away. Here's what I think was going on in their minds. He's not coming back. He is dead. Doubt that ends in death. I want to I ask you something though. I realize that Death can be cruel. And I, and I want to pause here for a moment before I ask this question. I want you to know that we care deeply about those of you that have lost a child before the child was even born or a child before they were ever able to live their life. We want you to know here at Bridgewater Church that we care deeply about those of you that have lost a spouse and you still have children to raise. Death can be so so cruel to us when we lose someone that we love and we care about and we think it wasn't their time. But I have this question. Have you ever truly believed that death is not an ending, but death is truly a new beginning? In fact, I wanted you to see this, and so I put it on the screen. I want you to hang on to this if you are desperately shaken right now by your doubts. Doubt that ends in death may seem like the worst thing, but the resurrection of Jesus reminds us death is not the last thing. Doubt that ends in death may seem like the worst thing, but the resurrection of Jesus reminds us that death is not the last thing. Please don't allow a a stage of grieving to hold you in doubt and fear and keep you from deciding that you can move on. There is hope beyond the grave. And that's what I think that Joseph and Nicodemus were asking. Here's the question, what now? What do we do now? I want you to look at John 20, verses one through 10. Early on the first day of the week, while it was still dark, Mary Magdalene went to the tomb and saw that the stone had been removed from the entrance. So she came running to Simon Peter and the other disciple, the one Jesus loved, and said, they have taken the Lord out of the tomb and we don't know where they have put him. Finally, the other disciple who had reached the tomb first also went inside. He saw and believed. They still did not understand from Scripture that Jesus had to rise from the dead. Then the disciples went back to where they were staying. Here's the third scene. Doubt that makes room for faith. Just say that with me at home. Doubt that makes room for faith. This is exciting. Now, I know that you don't see John's name But John is always the one in his gospel that is the one Jesus loved. He's he's trying to bring about this sense of wonderful humility. But it's Mary Magdalene, not John and Peter, but Mary who really sets the stage. She goes, all four gospel writers have her as the first eyewitness of an empty tomb. And so she goes and she tells uh, Peter and John, he's not here. Now, we'll get back to her story in a moment. But I love this because Peter and John run to the tomb. And and this is so awesome. Actually, John outruns Peter. I guess he's a faster sprinter. And he gets there, but we're told that literally John stops He bends over and looks into the tomb. Literally, the Greek phrase is, he peeped in. He just peeped in. You know why? He was full of doubt. Do you know that's us? So often that we don't want to move forward in our relationship with God. And we're just like John, don't feel bad, we're all like John. At times we just peep in, we're just looking off to the side, we don't want to go all the way in. Would you have? Would you have said if there wasn't a body in there? Would you? Do you even like cemeteries? Maybe you're one of these people that would say, I don't even like to go in a cemetery. You're certainly not gonna go peep in, or look in, or walk into this empty tomb. But Peter would. Maybe you're a Peter. You, you run to the, to the graveyard and you run in to see what had happened. Now this is interesting. I want to give you two insights about Peter and John because this is this third scene. Doubt that makes room for faith. Understand that for John... He struggled to believe what was happening, and when he finally walked in, the light began to dawn. That's okay, don't ever think you're too slow to to the answer that God wants you to have. You're in his perfect timing, keep moving in his direction. But think about Peter, I love this. Peter looked in, and we're, we're told this in the Greek language as you unpack it, that the way that he looked at the linens it seemed as if the head wrap of Jesus had actually been folded and laid into place. Well, that's not where Joseph and uh, uh, Nicodemus had left it. They had wrapped Jesus' head. Now, Peter walks in the, and, and he sees, just a short time later, here is this napkin, this head wrap that is folded neatly. Who does that if you're a grave robber? Who does that if, if you are trying to steal a body away, if Jesus is just dead, no, no, no. Doubt makes room for faith. In fact, think about this. Doubt, any doubt that you have right now, listen now, this is so important, any doubt you're struggling with right now in your life, it is a catalyst for your faith. Dwell on this truth for a moment. Faith isn't really at odds with doubt. Doubt isn't a sinful wavering of our faith. Don't ever think that you are less than the person that God can create and transform you to be because you're struggling with doubt. It's actually the opposite. Without doubt, we wouldn't be able to possess a passionate faith that's essential to our belief in God. Think Think of it like this with somebody that you love, a spouse, a best friend. Even though you know a person loves you, have you ever at times gone through something in a relationship where you doubted the love of someone? But actually that doubt helped to answer questions that you were asking. Built into the natural tendency to doubt is this question, can we? But faith declares we can and we, we will believe all things because all things are possible in Christ. In his book, The Gift of Doubt, Gary Parker writes, if faith never encounters doubt, if truth never struggles with error, if good never battles with evil, how can faith know its own power? Now I want you to think about this. That's exactly a description of the resurrection of Jesus. Because what we understand is faith confronted the doubt of the world when Jesus died on the cross. Good battled evil when Jesus removed the sting of death. And the power of Jesus' resurrection would impact the faith of Jesus' followers and it's impacting you and me. Doubt makes room for faith, but our story has one more incredible scene. John 20, 11 through 16. Now Mary stood outside the tomb crying, and she wept. She bent over to look into the tomb and saw two angels in white seated where Jesus' body had been, one at the head and the other at the foot. They asked her, woman, why are you crying? They have taken my Lord away, she said, and I don't know where they have put him. At this, she turned around and saw Jesus standing there But she did not realize that it was Jesus. He asked her, woman, why are you crying? Who is it that you're looking for? Thinking he was the gardener, she said, sir, if you have carried him away, tell me where you have put him and I will get him. Jesus said to her, Mary. She turned toward him and cried out in Aramaic, Rabboni, which means teacher. Here's our last and beautiful scene. Doubt that opens the door to hope. Say it with me at home. Doubt that opens the door to hope. Mary Magdalene stayed behind. There she was. She had been the first to the tomb, but she was the last to leave. She loved Jesus as a teacher, as a mentor. Think about it. This was the woman that scripture tells us that seven demons Jesus had cast out of her. She was so grateful. She wanted to know what happened to Jesus because her doubt was so great? Is Jesus the resurrected Savior? She had to know. Where was the body? She thought somebody had stolen it. That's why when she turned around and she didn't realize it was Jesus, she thought he was the gardener. You and I, because of our doubts, we'll see things in a skewed way. Because of our doubts, We'll begin to, have you ever done this? You'll think things that aren't true. You'll let your mind become distracted by, by lies or innuendos or, or just a spin on what the truth really is. But Jesus looked at Mary in one moment. He looked at her and he said her name. And the minute that, that her name came out of his mouth and he said Mary, she realized that Jesus was alive. Jesus is alive. Look at verses 17 through 18. Jesus said, do not hold on to me, for I have not ascended to the Father. Not yet ascended. Go instead to my brothers and tell them, I am ascending to my Father and your Father, to my God and your God. Mary Magdalene went to the disciples with the news, I have seen the Lord. And she told them what he had said and that he had said these things to her. Wow. I I need you to stop where you are. I know you have doubts. And maybe you've even decided God isn't real. But just somehow you found us and you decided to listen to this message to get to this last moment. And God is speaking. God can do that right from where I'm standing to where you are. Doubt opens the door of hope if we will let it. It's actually a launching pad for our faith. Maybe your faith has really been shaken. Maybe you've decided to walk away from God because God did not do for you what you wanted but I want you to understand this. The death of Jesus wasn't what any of them wanted. The way he died, the sacrifice, the torment, the crucifixion, being laid dead, lifeless in a tomb, but because Jesus is the son of the living God, he was resurrected from the dead, and he is alive without a doubt. Jesus is the savior what about you do you believe it for yourself are you ready to put your hope in Christ I want to pray for you this morning now listen please listen carefully to this it is okay to doubt it is all right to ask questions I don't know where you are on your journey with God but if you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that Jesus is the resurrected Christ, then you should celebrate. But it doesn't mean that you won't have moments of tension and struggle. But just keep your eyes focused on Jesus. And if you're not sure, I want to I lovingly challenge you, just pray with me. And tell God as I'm praying, I want to believe. I have doubts. But help me to believe even in my doubting. Let's pray. Father, thank you for this great Easter morning. Thank you for this celebration. What a fantastic time we have had together digging into these four scenes in John's gospel. And God, my friends this morning may have some doubts. They, they want to believe, but they have unbelief. Father, I pray that you would just empower them to put their faith and their trust in you without a doubt. But even when doubts do come to all of us, help us to decide that we can trust everything about you, Jesus. That you died for our sins and you are resurrected today. And Jesus, we choose right now to put our faith in you. In your name, Jesus, we pray, amen. I love you so much. Please reach out to our pastor online. Say good morning, welcome, say, say just uh, what God is doing in your life. Tell us your prayer request. Give us insights if this message today has helped you overcome doubts. But if you have some huge doubts, just share them with us. We want to partner with you and walk alongside you. I love you so much. Have a great Easter, and may we give God all the praise and glory, and until I see you again, take heart and be transformed. Hey friends, thanks for listening. And if you wanna be a part of our E family, then all you have to do to join us is click the link below, and you can check us out on our YouTube page, You can also join us on social media. And if you'd like to support the ministry, then just click the link to give. We're so grateful for all of our partners. And together, we can do more than we can alone. So again, thanks to all of you for listening to this podcast. And also, thank you for helping us reach people around the world for Jesus Christ.